Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pastor Alan in disguise, obviously. Uh, we're week three of At the Movies, and today's movie is Beauty and the Beast. And we're looking at movies, and, and I like to say where we can find God in the movies. What makes a good movie is it has a, we would say, spiritual theme. So that's the movie. Most of you have probably either seen this live action last year or 19, it's actually 1991, the animated version. So how many people have seen at least one? Almost everyone, good, so you know the story. So I don't have to spend a lot of time with that. Um, there's a prince that's very, not very nice, and uh, an older lady comes, and he treats her unkindly, and then she curses him, turns him into a beast. What he really has done is made his outside look like his inside. His inside is ugly, so she makes the outside ugly. <clears throat> and the curse can be broken one way. If someone can love him and he can love them, and she gives him a flower, a rose, and says, when all the petals are falling off of this, your time is up. Your time to be, be uh, transformed back into a prince. Uh, it'll be impossible after all the petals on the rose have fallen. <clears throat> so as I, I watched the movie, uh, I couldn't be, help but be struck by how much uh, of God is in the movie. And I put on your outline kind of a summation of that. And it's this, the heartbeat of God is transformation, changed lives, turning beasts into beauties. That, that's what the Bible's about, that's what God's about, that's what Christ's sacrifice was about, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we're not just talking about a, a makeover, we're talking about a radical, uh, from the inside out, change. Now if somebody asks you, what is the purpose of the church, or what is the product of the church, what is the church trying to produce I think the best answer you can, for, that you can give to that question is um, transform lives. That's, that's what the gospel is about. That's what God's about. Love of God is about is changing people, obviously making people, people better. So how, that would be the big question for me, is how does God or the gospel or Jesus transform people? Inside out, from a heart transformation a heart transplant, if you will, not just a makeover. So as I was watched, as watched the movie a couple times, I was struck about the parallel between what the, the movie, I think, is trying to, trying to get across or teach us and what something by the name of, guy by the name of Paul wrote. Paul, as we're going to see, was, was not a very nice guy at one point, and then he became a Jesus follower. And a lot of the New Testament he wrote, and we're going to look at something he wrote in a letter to one of the churches he started called Corinth. We call it 2 Corinthians. And it's just this, all this parallel between the story of Beauty and the Beast and Paul describing the transformational power uh, of the gospel. So let's get started. First we can see this. is love is our, if you're a Jesus follower. And if you're not, we're glad that you're here. I think you can learn a lot. Love is our motivation. Now, when we use the word love, we have all kinds of definitions for love. We love all kinds of things. We love movies. Uh, we might love our dog or cat. We may love hot dogs or hamburgers. We might like some football team or baseball team. Or we might like hot weather, cold weather. There's all kinds of things we love or like. Love a restaurant. The problem is all those loves that I just defined were all about us. These are things I, it's all about me, what I like, what I love, what makes me feel good, what I enjoy, etc., etc. 
Well, the Bible, the New Testament was written in Greek, and the Greeks had like four words for love, and so they had a better job of dividing that up. And the love that we're going to talk about, and it's demonstrated in the movie, is we use the word agape. That's one of the Greek words for love. And agape means uh, unconditional. It means self-sacrificing. It means all out for the good of the other. It's not a, about me love. It's a other person love. And when you and I fail to do that, when we, we fail to agape uh, the people in our lives, we are, for another better word, we're acting beastly. Now the Bible would use the word sinful or, or evil. Uh, so we have a beast, and what makes a beast? Well, we would say is a person that is unloving or either can't love or is unwilling to love. They're, they can't be kind, they can't be uh, generous, they can't think of others. But Paul says, okay, for those of us who are Jesus followers, we've experienced the love of God. This is what motivates us to not be beastly, to be uh, loving. So we're going to pick it up in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. For it is Christ's love that fuels, some translations say compel, uh, our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. We'll get back to that last part later. So it's God's demonstration of love for us that fuels us, that makes us passionate, that motivates us to be agape, to be loving, not to be beastly. And then he describes a little bit more in the next verse. He says, this means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives. That's those loves that's all about me. But lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. So Bell is a demonstration of this in the, in the movie. Uh, she loves unloving people. As we see, if you've seen the movie, she comes to love uh, the beast. Uh, but more importantly, she, 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 her love transforms the beast. Uh, a first clip I want to show you comes from near the end of the movie. And if you've seen the dance scene, Beauty and the Beast, this is the scene that immediately follows them dancing. And it talks about the difference between uh, um, a self-absorbed love and, a, and an agape love. For a creature like me to hope that one day he might earn your affection. I don't know. Really? You think you could be happy here? Can anybody be happy if they aren't free? My father taught me to dance. I used to step on his toes a lot. You must miss him. Very much. Would you like to see him? I'd like to see my father. Papa! 
they doing to him? He... He's in trouble. Maybe what's got him. What did you say? You must go to him. No time to waste. Well, Master, I have had my doubts, but everything is moving like clockwork. True love really does win the day. I let her go. You... what? Master, how could you do that? I had to. But why? Because he loves her. Then why are we not human? Because she doesn't love him. And now it's too late. But she might still come back. <laughs> Set her free. I'm sorry I couldn't do the same for all of you. <clears throat> Can anybody ha be happy that isn't free? Why would she he let her go? Because he loved her. God loves us. We are not literally uh, not enslaved, but we are slaves to sin, as the Bible describes it. And only as God sets us free, can we conquer, conquer that? Put on your outline this statement. When we are touched by love, we want to touch others with love. So he was touched by Belle's love, and, and he returns that by loving her or setting her free. And it's the same thing with you and I. <clears throat> Unless we've been loved, it's hard to love. And for his backstory, we see that his dad wasn't a very loving person. His mom died. And so it was hard for him to love. It wasn't demonstrated for him. He hadn't received it uh, earlier in life. <clears throat> but love is the thing that transforms. And it's not something we should just try. It's the thing that actually works. So if you find something that works, it certainly be, should, should be something that you implement. And so agape is what transforms people. So that um, motivates us. It uh, changes us. Also, love changes our perspective. Our perspective. He goes on to describe it this way. Uh, so then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Now, how differently we know, uh, how differently we know him now. Have you ever been, may, had a, wrong, a first wrong impression of somebody? It's kind of a silly question, right? We've all done that. 
Has anybody ever made a false first impression or made an evaluation or judgment on you? That's all happened to us too. And uh, it's horrible when that happens to us, and so it's horrible when we do it to other folks. So the beast, he looks like a beastly person. He acts like a beastly person. eats like a beastly person. Actually, she tries to help him eat differently in the movie. But eventually starts to look deeper at the beast, especially after he risks his life and gets danger by rescuing her from wolves. So why is it important to look deeper? Because we are more than what's on the outside, aren't we? And that was true of him. And he began to be transformed by love. And as she looked deeper, she became something that that she could uh, actually love. So life, love gives us a different perspective. We don't evaluate people. We accept people. Uh, agape, we'd say, even unconditionally. Uh, love them warts and all. Love them as they are. Because that's where the transformational power comes. It's easy to love the loving. It's much difficult, much different to love the unloving. <clears throat> also, the, and probably the most famous part of this passage of Scripture is verse, uh, first part of verse 17, where it talks about love transforms us. Love transforms us. Some folks were looking at some puppies in a pet window, and they were all snuggled together. And the lady said, oh, isn't that so cute? They uh, are keeping each other warm. And the guy was looking at it, and he said, no, that's not what's happening. They're keeping themselves warm. So are we living our lives for self? Are we living our lives for others? And we live in the selfie age, right? Take pictures of yourself and post them and show them and display them. We did a bunch of those when we were in France a couple years ago. Uh, Try not to do it too much. (laughs) uh, So we live in a culture, a society, which is all about self. Paul puts it this way. Now, if anyone is enfolded or in Christ, we talked about last week, into Christ... He has become an entirely new creature. Now, how does that happen? Can you do that? Can you make yourself over? Can you make yourself new? This is not talking about a makeover, an exterior makeover. This is talking about a change from the inside out. Someone's described it this way. It's like you put a for sale sign on your life, and Jesus is the only buyer, and he comes and buys you or purchases you, and then after that, you can't, get your house back. You can't be, get yourself back. You become something new. The Bible talks about it as uh, being born again. That's how radical it is. Now, the problem is we don't always feel it, do we? Do you feel completely new? I, I don't. I have some of those. We'll talk about that in a minute. Some of those, still have some of those bad habits. But the beast was transformed when? Finally, near the end of the movie, actually appears in this version to die Bell kisses him and says, I love you. And upon that, the transformation happens. Uh, this is a musical, so I wanted to share one of, the, one of the songs with you. I think it's probably the most popular one out of this version. And uh, it's interesting, the version that is popular only appears in the movie in the credits. <laughs> so I thought I would show you part of the uh, music video. Celine Dion, is that the right way to pronounce that? Uh, she sings the song, 
And the amazing part about verse 3, it sounds like something, else, something that Paul wrote somewhere else. We would call it 1 Corinthians 13. So let's watch, listen to the last third verse. How does a moment last forever? How can a story never die? It is love we must hold on to Never easy, but we try Sometimes our happiness is captured Somehow a time and place stands still Love lives on inside our hearts And always will Minutes turn to hours Days to years that go But when all else has been forgotten Still our song lives on Maybe some moments weren't so perfect Maybe some memories not so sweet But we have to know some bad times Or our lives are incomplete Then when the shadows overtake us Just when we feel all hope is gone We'll hear a song and no one's more A love Love protects, persists, perseveres. Love makes us whole. Also, we can see from from the movie as well as from what Paul wrote, that love creates a new beginning, a new start. Now, can we undo our past? Can we change our past? We just watched it with some of our grandkids and cousins, uh, the first Back to the Future movie. And the main character's parents are kind of wimpy, strange people at the beginning of the movie. Then he goes back and changes something. And now they're self-confident people at the end of the movie. Uh, Can we go back and change our past? No, obviously we can't do that. But in reality, the gospel of Jesus does something better. He can redeem our past. He can make something good out of something bad. He can make something beautiful out of something ugly. He can make something whole out of something that is broken. Paul puts it this way in verse 17. All that is related to the old order, our old cell, has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And the amazing thing about the Bible is the characters in the Bible aren't these perfect people. They're mistake makers. People that are famous and we've been talking about for thousands of years, like Abraham failed in his faith and Moses was a murderer and David was an adulterer and a murderer. All these folks that became spiritual giants were mistake makers. And what the God has done, the power of the Spirit of God is He changes us. He transforms us. He gives us a new beginning, a new start. We can be something completely different, completely whole. Another amazing thing about this, this story and about this, 
this passage of scripture is that love gives us a new purpose, a new purpose. <clears throat> My wife likes to play matchmaker, and she's put some, some, some folks together. Um, anyway, some, sometimes they're happy, other times it doesn't work out. But God has called us to kind of be matchmakers. God loves everyone, so we get to say, hey, I know somebody that loves you. Let me tell them, let me hook you up, let me put you together, right? Be matchmakers. Let them understand, experience God's love. We want to put God together with those that not, don't experience his love. Paul puts it this way in verse 18. God has made all things new again and reconciled us to himself, made, a, made us good in our relationship with God. And given us, and he used the word ministry, we could call it task or job, responsibility, of reconciling others to God, making people understand how much God loves them and them receiving and accepting God's love and loving him back. So in a way, we all are called to be bells. We are all called to be beauty. We're all called to, to uh, show love to people, God's love, so they will accept, accept Accept the love of God. I put on your outline, your mistakes can be your ministry. Many of you have heard me share this, but our 13th year of marriage, my wife and I weren't, weren't getting along. In fact, it was very kind of ugly. Uh, nobody else was involved. We just didn't like each other at the time. And so we went to marriage counseling. And I would suggest that to anybody else that is in that same, same situation. And consequently, we started working on our marriage and got it better, and we have a great marriage today. Of course, that's 28 years later. But what has happened is, we, I in particular, but we together have become much better, if you will, helpers of other people with marriage problems. And we've used some of the things we've learned from 28, 29 years ago to help some of you, actually, and help dozens of other people. Now, if we hadn't had that mistake in our lives, we wouldn't have had that quality of ministry, even though as bad as that was, that has caused us to be able to help lots of other people. So that could be true of whatever shortcoming you have in, in your life as well. I also put in your outline this, changed people change people. Now, think about people that have impacted your life. The people that impact us the most are the people that have had change lives and so they motivate us they inspire us to the possibility of change in our own lives now the most important scene to me in the movie takes place near the beginning uh, bell's dad has been uh, imprisoned by the bees for actually he calls it stealing a flower picking a flower a rose and uh, so she finds out about this and runs to the castle How did you find me? Your hands are ice. We need to get you home. No, no, you must leave here at once. This castle is alive. Now go before he finds you. Who? Who's there? Who are you? Who are you? I've come for my father. Your father is a thief. Liar! He stole a rose. 
I asked for the rose. Punish me, not him. No, he means forever. Apparently that's what happens around here when you pick a flower. A life sentence for a rose. I received eternal damnation for one. I'm merely locking him away. Now, do you still wish to take your father's place? Come into the light. I won't let you do this. I lost your mother. I won't lose you too. Now go. Go. <coughs> All right, Papa, I'll leave. I need a minute alone with him. He's so cold-hearted, you won't allow a daughter to kiss her father goodbye. Forever can spare a minute. This door closes. It will not open again. I should have been with you. No. Now listen to me. It's all right. Now go. Live your life. And forget me. Forget you? Everything I am is because of you. I love you, Belle. Don't be afraid. I love you too, Papa. I'm not afraid. And I will escape, I promise. What? 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 Ah! You took his place. He's my father. As shocking as that is in the movie, this young, beautiful woman would take the place of her old and decrepit dad. <clears throat> It's even more shocking, as she said, punish me, uh, will you take his place, is the fact that God himself took our place. So love, first and foremost, is self-sacrificing. And when the dad gets released, he runs into town, and people believe, don't believe the beast exists, think it's a myth. He, he yells out, the beast is real, the beast is real. And all of us have the beast within us. All of us are broken. All of, our, our, all of us have been separated from God by what we would call sin. So what's the key to fixing that or changing that? And Paul puts it this way, at the end of that portion, uh, that, that passage in Corinthians. God made Christ, who never sinned, was never beastly, to be the offering for our sin, take our place, so that we could be made right with God through Christ, so we could be set free. So what is your beast? Earlier on in my life, a big beast for me was anger. And I would lose my temper and raise my voice. I would call it raising my voice. My wife called it yelling, but that's a <laughs> different terminology. <laughs> and no matter how hard I said I would not next, I'm not going to lose my temper the next time, guess what happened? I would lose my temper. The reason being because this is not a change I can make in me. There's a change God had making in me. I can't remember the last time I lost my temper now. So God had changed me. 
So what do you and I need to do? We need to confess that. We need to admit that. To say, yes, I'm beastly. There's part of me that's beastly. And then we would use the word repent and ask God to change me, to take this away from me, to take the beastliness away and make me beautiful. So again, when we are touched by love, we want to touch others with love. If the beast couldn't love Belle, he couldn't love anybody, could he? And if people can't love Jesus, how can they love anybody? Because he loved them enough, loved you enough, loved me enough to die for us just as we are, warts and all, unconditionally. Someone has put it this way. The cross is I crossed out. That's what love is. And that's what changes people. Changes you, changes me. So the beast became transformed, went from beastly to beautiful. The question is, for all of us, are we willing to accept that transformational love that God offers us? Let's pray. Father God, we all have a, a beastly part of us. And we thank you that through salvation, being born again, we get a new nature. We're new creatures. Uh, but we still struggle with some of that beastliness inside of us. And as we accept your love more and more, God, it transforms us. And we love others more. And they can be transformed by that. So we want to pray for anyone this morning, God, that has not stepped across that line and accepted that that amazing, it's almost too good to be true, gift of unconditional love, agape. And then we are transformed. We become new creatures. Uh, For most of us who are Jesus followers, God, there's the beastly parts of us that we still struggle with. And we, I pray that we would admit those and confess those and ask you to change us. And we look forward to that transformation. In Jesus' name, amen.